What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Hello, and welcome back to a Thursday afternoon edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. I am the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined by a first timer from Fightful, Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, good afternoon. How are you? Hello. Good afternoon. I'm well. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for being here. I always want to call y'all Fightful. And now that it's spooky season in October, <laughs> I think it uh, it works. So if you want to run that by Sean and see if uh, I will, want, yeah, I'll sometimes like type it, especially mm-hmm. in October. Like I'll just I'll accidentally type like frightful, and it's it's probably you know it doesn't come up on any. I mean it comes up on Google searches, but it doesn't. You know there's no actual website uh, that associates with what we do uh, on frightful.com. But we should we should register that name. You really should. Um, that's free. <laughs> I'm not going to go out and try and claim it. That's all you guys. You can take it um, and run with it. I am I am okay with it. Um, Jeremy, how much how much professional wrestling have you watched this week already? We are taping this Thursday uh, at 3.30 East Coast time. I feel like I thought yesterday was Friday. So I, but it was only Wednesday. I watched Raw. I watched Impact. I watched AEW and NXT together. If we're counting weekend stuff, then I watched the New Japan stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. And then I've even watched some retro stuff. So I've watched too much. I watch too much every single week. It sucks that like I, I, I don't like disliking weekend wrestling as much as I do sometimes. Where <laughs> I I are already side because I know it's bound for glory and hell in a cell this weekend. And yeah, I just I was I I'm excited for the Bound for Glory card, and we'll get into that in a second. Like, but it just it, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it fucking sucks that they're back to back on Saturday <laughs> and Sunday, and then we got Raw, then we got Impact, then we got AEW, then we got NXT and SmackDown, and it's all over again. Like, it's just it's so much content. Um, I joke with other people and. Pro wrestling is just that, like, I'm so glad that ROH is irrelevant. Like, I can't, like, I'm rooting against it actively, that I want it to fail so <laughs> that I don't have to add that back into my, into my day, my weekly uh, watching experience. Like, I, I want less. So I'm actually rooting for failure. I, I love these people. I love pro wrestling, but I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to the people. I am rooting for failure. I'm rooting for NXT to fold. That is, that would be great if we just knocked that out and went straight to Raw and SmackDown. Another two hours out of, the week off the books hey sign me up i want you employed just put everybody on raw and smackdown that is my like hottest (laughs) wrestling take is i'm rooting for failure so i have less content to watch each week uh we we banned nxt from our podcast like we uh, like i'll 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 watch it because i'll have to to like keep up with it for like news stories and stuff but as far as like talking about it on our podcast we're like yeah we're not we're not watching this like it's i don't think it's a great product especially since they moved to usa Mm. it's just there isn't a lot to like hook me in to to a lot of their shows so yeah we just we ban that from our podcast and then roh I'll like binge watch 
a lot of stuff. I would probably binge watch Impact, but they they send us the the screeners every Tuesday, and and so I'll watch it and get some news stories out of that. Sometimes I just also, watch Impact's it in awesome. the afternoon instead of. They do the yeah, best yeah. behind like, the scenes stuff. A, they do Wrestle Wrestle House was like one of my favorite things this year. Wrestle House, I miss every oh, week. I hated Wrestle House. Oh uh, well, see that's <laughs> uh, what we call it. an incorrect <laughs> opinion in the biz. <laughs> How did you oh, hate Wrestle House? Did you really not love the AC Romero uh Diener fight that lasted for 15 that, minutes? It was I like I like campy like mm. stuff like that. Like I'm I'm all about popping yourself and things like that. I don't know. It was just like almost too inside and too stupid for even me. And like I didn't like that like Taya was part of it and Kylie was part of it. They're doing great stuff now. Um but yeah, it just it was not it was not for me. I think the other issue I had with it is it was a little too close to home after the Hannah Kimura stuff. Mm. And so I like I don't I know that wasn't their intention and I get it, but it was so soon after that I was just like is this the best time to be doing all of this? So I, yeah, it just wasn't for me. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to give you my like hottest impact slash pro wrestling individual <laughs> take. Are you ready for this, Jeremy? Let's go. I struggle with this and I apologize to Daniel Matheson uh, ahead of time. Friend of the pod. Um, I think TJP is the best wrestler right now in the world. Oh my God. Where, what? I think, what is this? So, I every match I watch, like he's just so crisp. Like he's my favorite. Maybe I should rephrase this. He's my favorite wrestler to watch. Like okay. he is so damn crisp and clean. And he had this DDT onto Chris Bay this week that I. It's just everything he does is his counters and just how clean he is going around the ring turning things into submissions from 450 splashes into submissions. Like he is. He, he he just feels like he figured out professional wrestling. Does that make sense? Where like he knows every single move that's coming. He knows everything to do. He knows where to be, how to make certain things look painful, how to make certain things hit. He knows how to sell. He knows how to do everything in the ring. Like he is he's just so damn good and he's so fluid. Like he's the most fluid professional wrestler I've seen in a long time. Do you run TJP's Twitter account? No, I don't. Okay, because these are all things that he just he says about himself. Um, See, that's what I, I'm saying. Like, take all of that away. <laughs> take all. I am just saying if I had to put on tape of just a thousand wrestlers and I just watched tape, but I didn't know anything about them. I just watched them all work for weeks at a time and I went through them all. I think he would pop to me the most, I guess. That's like. I don't have an issue with his in ring work. Mm-hmm. I, I do find it tough to like get into him because of his out of ring stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah but like his, his in ring work, he's he's a very good professional wrestler. I just wish he would kind of clean up his act outside <laughs> the ring. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know if that's coming, um, Jeremy. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure. But he's just. He thinks very highly of himself, which but I mean, he confidence because is good, he's actually but... that good. He is that good of a yeah. professional wrestler. He really is. I but I mean, he's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way with stuff. And so it's not, you know, there's there's obviously a difference between confidence and cockiness. And I think he, at least in the minds of even some of his peers, have uh, crossed that line. Oh, you know something, Jeremy. 
I don't know. Any, well, I have no scoops. I have fake scoops. That's what I do. I got banned from doing fake scoops because they were too on the nose. So, mm. uh, I, yeah, they, they banned my gimmick on that. I mean, all you gotta do is search on Twitter. Like people, you can, you can look on Twitter and see what people are, are saying, like actual wrestlers are saying about TJP and, and what they think of him. Mm. Um, retribution. A lot of people were talking about retribution on raw and how all that went down. Um, Raw is the worst television program in professional wrestling. Do you <laughs> it's agree? Oh, so bad. Raw it's, is a terrible, dude, terrible hours? program. Yes. Not only three are you... Three hours? Yeah, it's three hours, which is already, like, Raw can never be good. And this is something I write all the time about, where it's just, like, you have to grade Raw on a curve. Because I'll never enjoy Raw. Raw, for three hours, will never be an enjoying experience for three hours. Professional wrestling was just not meant to be this long. Like, it just... It's too long. And they don't... Like, it... It's never going to be great. It's never going to be like, wow, didn't even look at my watch once. Three hours is over. Great. What a what a time. Uh, fun was had. Um, we're going to have a good time, as uh, SmackDown likes to remind us. <laughs> um, but it's just... <sighs> I was watching um, the, the debut of Mankind after WrestleMania 12, I want to say, this week. And yeah. this was the Raw after WrestleMania. And... This was a season premiere for them, and they introduced Wildman and uh, Mark Marrow. They introduced Mankind. Um, HBK had a celebration promo with Vince, and it was a one-hour show. Quick, painless, done. But also, they restarted everything. They started new feuds. Uh, Diesel was getting ready to get involved with HBK and Bret Hart. They put him over, blah, blah, blah. But... It felt like a new season, right? Because everything that was building up to WrestleMania 12 was over. Like, they're hey, this happened. Now we're turning the page. That's what WrestleMania used to be, was a turning of the page after a year long of work and commitment and all that. Everything came to a head, and then you flip the page. Now they just called this the season premiere of Raw. They got a new theme song, and didn't re- they just moved over the smackdown people because i like counted the amount of matches that included smackdown wrestlers against each other and i think they only had one non-smackdown versus smackdown guy uh compete on this show but like this is not new and this is like all the trash that smackdown didn't want anymore they were like yeah just give us the mysterio Rollins stuff and you can you can take everything <laughs> else and just gave it to raw and it's just it's just bad it was bad everywhere there like i really don't like being this negative about professional wrestling but like this was this was really bad all across the board and it was so boring and i don't know i just i couldn't even get like annoyed at the the retribution stuff but like this show is it salvageable like what are they doing this is not a season premiere you everything is still going on the stuff that was (laughs) happening on smackdown last week is still happening this is not a season premiere. I, I really just would love to get like 30 minutes of Vince McMahon. Just be like, hey, man, what do you think a season premiere actually means? What do you think a WWE draft is actually supposed to be? How do you think drafts actually work in real sports? Like, I just, there are so many questions that I have for him where I'm just like, what what is this? But how did you come to this conclusion? They, they just throw these Sorry. buzzwords around. What's up? I'm fired up. I apologize. Oh, you're fine. They they just throw these buzzwords around uh, to pop ratings and stuff. Season premiere, WWE draft, and all this stuff. I I don't take any of it seriously. You, you kind of touched on it. Is like you can't get annoyed at this stuff anymore. 
because if you do, like you're just hurting your own mental health at this point. Like it's just it's a bad show. And I I legitimately just like laugh at it right now. Like I do not have the energy to get like angry at it, like the good stuff, which there's not much of it. I'll enjoy and everything everything else like I just take it as like a comedy or I just dismiss it and I wish it was different I wish like I had some type of investment in this stuff but I, I don't especially on raw like I just I don't have that much investment it's just like all right they're just we've got this Orton and McIntyre feud going on for three months now the, the Keith Lee stuff it's like they could have made him they didn't retribution you could tell that was gonna be treated like a joke right off the bat I like I don't even know what else is like happening on Raw. The Hurt Business is good. I like them, but I don't know they what, have exactly what one it's actually team. leading to. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what any of this stuff is leading to. They they just scrapped Raw Underground out of nowhere. Like, things just end. Like, Charlie Caruso tweeted it, of just the, the Garza and, and her storyline. She was just like, it just randomly stopped. And it's like, this is what happens in the WWE. Vince this McMahon is why story. I can't get invested. Yeah. It really is like plans change, pal. Like that. Yeah. That's the Vince McMahon story. Like I this is why I can't get invested into any of this because I know they're not going to like actually make like when Mustafa Ali came back and he, he picked up the win against MVP. Like people are going crazy. Like, oh, my God, Ali's back. This is great. And I'm just like, give it two weeks. It, it won't mean anything and like this is what they've conditioned us to think and so that's that's how i think and it it makes it an easier viewing experience for me because i think if i still had some investment i would really get angry and just disappointed by a lot of stuff that they do but because i've just been beaten down so much by by their illogical uh booking i'm just like all right well this is what i expect to happen and that's exactly what happens i look forward to the draft like i looked forward to it last year i looked forward to it this year because it is that real sports stuff and i love that in wrestling they change they the rules like mid show yeah. <laughs> Right. Like they, they don't they don't do it in like a real sports kind of feel. Also, like, who's like drafting? The, How does this even day? work? Is Adam Pierce drafting for both <laughs> shows? How does this even work? Who are the, like what is even happening? How do they not even have USA and Fox executives coming out and just being like at least establish some sort of like power structure that is making decisions for their shows? It makes no sense. That that's what they want to do is they're like oh they talk to the network uh, USA and Fox and stuff we, I mean we don't see them we had the little draft room that they did uh, last yeah, year that was not good. but if <laughs> but if you look at it like that then it's like all right why would USA draft Retribution like why would they want these people on the show when their whole goal is to destroy WWE they're they're Somebody destroying equipment <laughs> Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, none of it, none of it makes sense. And I just, I watch it. I, I have to cover it for the site and stuff. And, and we talk about the stuff, but like I, I'm past the point of having any type of investment in this stuff. I think SmackDown on the whole, generally not bad grading mm. on like the WWE curve. Raw is just three hours. And like after the first hour, I'm like, shit, there's still two more hours in the show. Yeah. I hate writing about it. Like it's uh, my Tuesday mornings knowing that I have a three hour raw to, to parse through is, is <laughs> um, I'm not a fan. Um, with all that being said, do you think Randy Orton should go over on Sunday against Drew McIntyre? I, I thought he should have gone over at the last pay-per-view. I don't I know where they're going. 
I think he has stuff. to at like, this I point. Really he can't don't. lose this many times. So, so here's the thing. I'm with you in that I don't think he can lose this many times either. Um, because, like, why are you going to beat him three times? And, like, he suffered the, the Keith Lee loss in the middle of this as well. So why extend the feud three matches if you're just going to beat him all three times? The thing about that is, like, if, if McIntyre or if Orton wins, I don't know who's challenging him next. Like, they have not built up any type of baby faces to challenge him at least with drew you've got aj you could easily slot in that position and you've got the fiend and like i don't know if the fiend is a face or a heel but they love just putting this guy in the title picture and so at least those two are there for him if orton wins i don't know where they're going because their second baby face on raw is i think keith lee i think i don't know that for certain but I think it's him, and they they haven't heated him up at all. At least he has the win over Orton, but then he just lost to Braun on Monday, so it's like, yeah. what what are we doing here? I actually, my 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 podcast partner has kind of convinced me that McIntyre is going to win, and then either on uh, Sunday or Monday, he's going to be attacked by The Fiend, and that's the next title program. I thought you would say Otis is going to cash in right after he beats Orton and Helen. Oh, God. <laughs> God, I, I guess he could. He's technically on SmackDown, but I guess well, he, he was on Raw this week and he was dressed up as whatever. Yeah. I, I I thought that was their way of <laughs> writing Gordo. him in to Raw. Is he going to stay on SmackDown? I think he's going to stay on SmackDown. I, this is the problem where like they do yeah. the draft and they're like, yeah, brand split and stuff. And then we see him on Raw. We see the Riot Squad on Raw and they go about this roundabout way of saying, oh, this is the last time. Like what makes this the last time your draft was last week. Like, all right, I guess because it's the, the season premiere, cause they had raw guys on SmackDown for the SmackDown season premiere. So they can do SmackDown people on raw for the raw season premiere. So maybe, maybe Friday is like the official start of the brand split, but they don't explain these things in any logical detail. They're just like, it's the last time it's like, okay, but why is this the last Why should we believe you on this? I think you should always take Vince McMahon's word for it. <laughs> Whatever um, he's feeding Tom Phillips, Michael yeah. Cole, just believe him. Who is even running Raw? Do you know who's who's like is Bruce uh, Pritchard? Pritchard. Still, uh, is he so he's doing yeah. both? Like he is signing off on everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he, Vince is signing off on everything, well, I mean, but he Pritchard is leading is the, creative on Raw right now. Right, he's leading it as as much as he can be leading it. Mm. I don't know how much power he actually has, honestly. Did you see the report about Triple H and Stephanie both knowing that they could take Raw if they wanted to? And they're like, nah, hard pass. We're good. I did. I did. I think I think Sean posted that on Fightful Select. Um, yeah, I don't I think Triple H is just happy doing NXT. Stephanie yeah. is obviously just happy being the, the female leader of the world and stuff. So I, I think they're just they're both they're both good not having to deal with Vince and that that frustration like they know. They they definitely know. Yep, I think they're waiting it out. Like they're they're kind of hibernating, or Triple H is hibernating in in uh, NXT, where it's just like eventually Vince is going to be like, yeah, I'm good. And then he, I think Triple H would take both control, like of Raw and SmackDown. But he's like, yeah, just uh, I think I'm good here. If he could hand, because then he could just actually ha- develop the pipeline that I'm sure he probably wants from NXT to Raw and yeah. SmackDown, where Gargano is used effectively and he can control. 
when he gets moved up and where he goes and how he's treated on the main roster versus NXT. Um, but until that point comes, I don't know why you would leave uh, NXT. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hope they hire somebody else. I hope they, they split it up again, but I don't think that's coming anytime soon, it seems like. Um, are no, you excited I for Bound for Glory? I'm... I'm looking forward to it. Like, I don't mind impact. I guess my issue, it's a good show. It's a good show every week. Like it's a, it's a pretty easy watch and everything like they, they, they do, they have good matches. I like the majority of the wrestlers and, and they're some of their backstage stuff and they're like, they talk like stuff human beings. Is, is like excellent. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, my, my issue kind of with impact is like, they're just perpetually stuck in the same place. And so it's tough for me to get excited of like, okay, wait, what this do you is mean by like, this is going to change place. things for him. What do you mean? Like they're, they're just on access. They're doing the, mm. I mean, everybody's doing empty arena shows, but theirs feels so much more lifeless because yeah. they're actual empty arena shows. And they're, they're going to be, they're never going to surpass WWE. They're, ne- they're not even going to surpass AEW at this point. Like they just feel they have a TV deal and it's not a bad TV deal, but there's just so much wrestling to consume right now that impact just doesn't, it doesn't like stand out compared to how it used to be when they were on like spike and stuff. Like it just doesn't feel like they make any headway. All their, all their events are good. Their TV shows are good, but like for how long you can go back to like the, the Lucha bros and LAX stuff. Like that was great stuff. And everyone was like, Oh, this is great for impact. This is great. And it's like they've made no actual like forward progress since since that time. Like they're still kind of in that same spot. I don't think there's any forward progress to go towards, though. I think yeah. everything other than like really AEW needs to just find their niche, find a good number, a weekly number to hit and just be happy. Just put like employ a bunch of talented people, put on a good show every week, uh, put on a good pay-per-view once a month and uh, just just do good work. You know what I mean? Like you're never going to catch those big guys and you shouldn't be focused on that. And I think now they just, they're building a different kind of roster built around the tag team and women's division. And their weakest point is their, their main, just the main event scene. Like Eric Young and Rich Swan is main eventing their, their show. And I think Eric Young has been really good and he's a really good top heel. Um, and I, I love the sanity stuff. So I'm glad he just is able to just, do sanity at Jace and impact of in the world title scene. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that's their, their one major area of weakness, just that they don't have the main event scene filled out yet. And I think that's okay because I don't know of any other companies that I just love their tag team and women's division as much as I love um, impacts. Like I think AEW obviously has the best tag team division in the world, but I don't think their women's division matches anywhere close to what impact is putting together. No impacts tag team division. I, I, my most anticipated match on this show is, uh, Kylie Ray and mm. Deanna Perrazzo. Like I'm really, I would main event the show with that. Cause no offense to Eric young and, and rich Swan. I'm not like super excited for that match. I'm looking forward to the tag team match too. I do wish it was just good brothers against motor city machine guns. I like the North excellent tag team, Ace Austin, um, and Madman Fulton. Like they're, they're fine, but it feels like we're just trying to put multiple tag teams in this match. And I don't think that's what like the good brothers are good at either. Like they're not great at just like 
fast paced, high action, fatal four way kind of stuff. Like they're just a really good tag team. I think they would thrive better if it was just a two on two match. Um, but yeah, Kylie Ray and Deanna Peraza, like that's my most anticipated match. And I think they've done a great job on building that up. Deanna looks like an absolute star. Kylie is, is very relatable, very someone like you can easily get behind. So I, I'm excited for that, that match. And you're right. Like impact has carved out where they're at and that's fine. Like, I don't have an issue where they're at. Again, I think they do good television. I think their events are almost always great. It's just sometimes it's just tough to be excited for that of like, okay, cool. Like you're like the third or fourth promotion, depending on how you feel about ROH and you know, how excited can I really get about this stuff when there's two promotions ahead of you? Like I, I kind of look at it as like sports, you know, you have the NFL and then, all right, maybe there's like the CFL and then, and the, the arena league, which I guess isn't really there anymore. The XFL, like how excited are you about like this arena league game when there's NFL and CFL and other stuff going on? Yeah. And there's nothing they can really do about it though. So I don't like fault impact for that. I don't really No, no, it's not their fault at all. Yeah. I don't, I'm just rooting for a lot of people there and I just want them to, I think they've done the best can and I, I really hope they figure out a way to make the, the arena, like you said, feel more just engaged. And I don't know how they do that. Like, I don't have the answer for that. I don't know how you make Nashville bump again. It's time to, time to move them back to the impact zone, I guess. <laughs> I mean, everybody's running in Florida now, so it may as well. I, I don't know either. Like, I don't know if they want to do fans. I don't know if that's a great idea. AEW did well, at least with, you know, having wrestlers around ringside during the early days. But I don't know if you want to, I mean, you could possibly pull that off, but then everybody's going to call you like AEW copycat and stuff. So it's, it's just tough, but watching like watching Slammiversary and you see like the good brothers who like, I, I love, and I love that impact people can do stuff like outside of impact and really shine creatively. And that's a uh, light. But like watching them debut and come out and there's just like no reaction at all. Josh Matthews is just like screaming. Just like, oh, man, this this just feels so cold, like just absolute cold. Hmm. Well, I think it's gonna be a good show. I am excited to to go through this and I hope it 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 pans out. Um, the Young Bucks on AEW, the best professional wrestling show and the best company in professional wrestling right now. Um are they finally going to to get the tag team gold? And also, a a two part question here, Jeremy. Um, are we sure FTR is good? <laughs> um, I don't think the Bucks will win this match. I, eventually, they'll get the titles. I don't think they will win this match. I feel like they've lost the plot with this feud because like. That that closing segment on Dynamite just was I supposed to feel sympathy for the Young Bucks that they got attacked? Like they've been going around super kicking people for weeks now and acting like they don't give a shit about anything. Like they super kicked Tony Schiavone. Mm. Like I'm supposed to feel bad for these guys because they got attacked by FTR. Like I don't I don't feel anything towards like I don't mind the Young Bucks' heels. I think they're good, but like this is just the wrong spot, the wrong feud to like do that with them this was such an easy feud of hey who's the best tag team in the world this is a dream match build them up give them some wins young bucks think their style is better fdr thinks their style is better 
Let's do it. Let's see which style is better. And instead, they try to do like this subtle, not so subtle heel stuff with the Bucks. And then same same with FDR. It's like, oh, you guys are tough guys now. It just it didn't work at all for me. Uh, as far as FDR being good, I think they are. Like they they're crisp. Um, it, it's it's different on AEW. Like there's the the fans don't react to them. And I, I know there's limited number of fans as there is now. Uh, the fans don't react to them as much as they did in NXT. I think the other thing is like, there's just so much good wrestling in AEW that especially tag team wrestling, their stuff doesn't stand out like it did in NXT because in NXT, like their, their matches with American alpha were absolutely outstanding it's like that's the only tag team match you're getting on that show that's the only tag team match like you're getting almost throughout the entire wwe unless you're getting like a good new day usos match or something like aew you flip it on every wednesday you're probably just going to get a good random tag team match between like the lucha bros and the best friends so the ftr stuff like just doesn't hit as much as it did in nxt but they're they're a good tag team they're fine. I um speaking of that uh, Raw after Mania in uh, '96 that I cited earlier is uh there is Sunny's tag team group that have the exact same build. The Donna Bros. What are they? I forgot the name off the top. Of yeah, my head. the Body Donnas. Body Donnas. That's it. Um, yeah, that's literally how FTR works. Have you ever watched their stuff? The body. Yeah, skip and zip. Yeah. yeah okay. Go back and watch that and then like think about FTR as you're watching them. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's really weird. But that was the thing I wrote down when I was watching the show. I was like, this is actually how they work. This is really strange. This is uh this is who FTR reminds me of. I just I don't know, man. I think they're fine, like you said. They're they're someone you want in your stable of tag teams, your collection of solid, reliable tag teams, but like they're <laughs> I was at the the best AEW show they've ever put on in Atlanta um, that ended with Cody on top of the steel cage and everything. But um, Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks when they're going, like it's just there's a different level. And I don't, I just feel like it's kind of insane that impact like AEW like Kenny and uh, Paige are obviously great and they were just an amazing tag team unit. But like it's kind of amazing that two of the first three tag team champions in AEW are like their most boring acts and FTR and SoCal uncensored. Like they're just, they're not like, are you big Scorpio sky mixed with Christopher Daniels mixed with uh Kazarian guy? Cause I was just never, never into them. And it's still kind of amazing to me that that's who they picked. Like you have private party. Who's awesome. You have um, just the up and down the list of AEW right now and how stacked they are in the tag team division that, that's where the tag team is gold. I kind of want them to put the belts on the young bucks just as like a, a reset to, to build up the other fun tag teams and just have fun tag team matches all over again. Because I, I was just, I was very bored with uh SCU and uh, um, just FTR so far. Is that fair? I, SCU. I like Scorpio sky. The Daniels is, I mean, he's a veteran. He's still good in the ring but obviously time catches up with everybody and he's, he's just lost the stuff and kind of the same thing with Kazarian like all these guys are very I mean the Kazarian and Hangman Page singles match from like a month ago was it was excellent it was good yeah. um like I, I love Scorpio Sky I was I was glad he got that shine right there I don't have an issue with FTR I think the AEW they're very conscious of 
I mean, Omega's probably about to be going for the world title. Cody's your TNT champion. You put the titles on the Bucks. It's like you're going to get that backlash from from certain fans of, all right, all your titles are on your four EVPs. So I think at least early on, they really wanted to avoid that. And that's why we didn't see Omega in the title picture. That's why the, you know, the Bucks lost the private party and have kind of stayed away from the title picture. I know they did the the tag team match with a uh, hangman and, and Omega earlier this year, but they, they've still like, they haven't been that big focal point that everyone expected them to be. Cody, you know, he got the TNT title, but he took himself out of the world title picture as a result. So they're, they're very conscious of like not trying to just boost themselves up and instead boosting the other teams first because you can always go we saw we saw it last night with omega like he's just kind of been middling around a little bit doing the tag team thing and great and everybody's waiting for like all right when are we getting serious kenny omega best bout machine singles run and he just comes out last night squashes sunny kiss and it's like oh yeah they're omega's about to get the rocket and he's about to just go off and have this big singles run be in the world title picture do these great matches like and everybody's excited for it. You can heat these guys up at any time. They're they're so established with the fan base that it was smart of them to sort of put others over first before they kind of you know made their way up to the top of the card and took all the titles. Do you think they're actually going to have Omega be the one to to beat John Moxley? So my my theory, my booking, like how I would book it personally, and. I like, I don't know what they're going to end up doing. I think Omega's winning the the tournament here at full gear. Yeah, are they going to wait from November cuz they have quarterly pay-per-view. So are, are you waiting from November to February to give Omega that title shot? That seems like a long wait, a long build, and sometimes when you have these long builds, it it kind of just dies and it doesn't uh it, it's tough to prolong that every single week with weekly television and everything. Um, I think personally, I think Kingston wins the title at, or here's how I would book it. I think Kingston, I would put the title on Eddie at full gear. Yeah. Have him, have him do like a, you know, six week run, do the title change on dynamite, have Omega cash in his number one contendership, whatever on dynamite, do a big title change on dynamite because it it means something like you don't want to do this all the time on free TV, but this would be the first world title change on dynamite. So it's a, it's a big deal. And then you do Omega and Moxley at the pay-per-view in February as like a thing where Kenny's like, all right, you beat me and your little unsanctioned lights out match. And that was kind of the beginning where I started to doubt myself and I had to go the tag team route and everything. Now I'm the champion. Now I'm at the top of my game. I need that. Like I need that win back. Like I've got to beat you for just for like my own personal sake. And like, that's what I would do going into February. Hmm. I had even put Kingston on my radar. as like a guy who I could see. Oh, Eddie Kingston rules. No, I'm not disagreeing with that. I love Eddie <laughs> Kingston. I just, when I think about the guys who are there, like Moxley is just, He's also just perfect, so I'm just I'm gonna be so yes. sad that like he's gonna need to drop the title at some point because I I don't know who's doing better all around work than Moxley right now. Um, so I would be nervous if I'm AEW just taking the title off of him, um, because he's so great, but also Kingston's great. So 
I don't know. Do you think that? And also, none of it really matters because fans aren't there. So we don't really know how people will be receptive and uh, how they would react to that kind of change and where they're going. Like that, that is where I really don't envy the situation that so many bookers find themselves in is that it's so hard yeah. to get a read on these guys and if what you're doing is working. It, it really is. And it's tough. I. I love John Moxley. I think I've called him really since he left WWE. Like I've, I've called him like my favorite performer over the past year. Or so, cause he's really like found himself and mm. found that character. Like he's so good at, we saw in the MJF feud, like he could do a little bit of comedy. We see in like the Archer and the Brody Lee feuds, like he could just be serious kind of tough guy. And we're seeing this now in like the Kingston feud, like he, he can play like multiple roles, fill multiple roles. Uh, and none of it comes off as like, none of it, like it doesn't come off like Jericho esque and, and no, no knock on Jericho. Like what creatively he he's extremely, extremely good, but like Chris Jericho trying to be a tough guy. You're like, all right, what are you doing? Uh, comedy stuff. Like he's so over the top with the comedy as we saw last night in the campiness that I mean that's just who he is Moxley does it more in like a subtle kind of way to it's like all right you can buy him sort of doing this stuff and still taking him serious as like this big uh you know world champion and who could step up to like these tough guys and stuff I I loved what John I love what John Moxley is doing I would too be kind of hesitant to take the title off of him but I mean at some point he's got to lose the title and I mean, Kingston and I quit match. Like there are ways you can do this without like having Moxley, you know, lose anything in the process of a loss. Um, you know, my, uh, my podcast partner again, he, he pitched an idea of like, is have Moxley like threaten Renee at, at the, at the, uh, I quit match and just be like, if you don't say I quit, like I'm going to kill her. And so Moxley just says, I quit. And like Moxley doesn't lose anything. Kingston, he he sold his soul to get where he's at. Now he's a, uh, you know, he's at that level. Um, he did what he had to do to get that title, and now you know you just you go from there with that. So there, there's ways you can do it and protect him. I I think Moxley will win, and I do think Omega will be the one to dethrone him. I don't know when that's gonna happen, but I, I do think they'll keep the title on Moxley. I'm just coming up with other ideas of how they can uh, fill some TV time interesting interesting i like it um last thing and we'll wrap up here uh the bunny's back do you see this coming <laughs> i don't know this when people say aew is perfect i i like point to this stuff and i'm just mm. like no like they they've got flaws as well this whole thing is just well i love that they've admitted that uh it turns out like okay this, i gotta be careful with how i word this um <laughs> brand like stuff with brandy is not going over well they've tried this twice now the nightmare collective and now brandy and uh ally it just it's it's not gonna work it i think we're we're noticing a trend here things that involve I, like i don't brandy Rhodes in ring are not <laughs> are not good long term i don't even know what they're trying to work with ally like it just feels like all right she's just kind of She's there now with her husband and she's just back with them. Like, I don't know if they have like serious like role for her on, on the program outside their women's division is they haven't put like any thought into it outside of uh Britt Baker, who is really, um, 
I mean, who's really taking her own ball and, and run with it? And like, you just can't deny what she's been doing on television. Like Akira, she is the champion doesn't really have any feuds like all of her matches just kind of going cold like the penelope ford match was just all right ford won a number one contenders match here's your match the thunder rosa stuff was just champion from another company this is what we're gonna do like there's no actual substance to these feuds we're three weeks away from the pay-per-view maybe less than that i, th- I think they have three more television shows before the pay-per-view um no i think it's actually only two they have two television shows before the pay-per-view there's no inkling of like who Sheeta is going to face. I assume it's Baker, but there hasn't been really anything between them, any interaction. It's just Baker's just kind of been carrying things and Sheeta's just kind of been there. So it's it's kind of a mess, their, their entire women's division. And it's just some of it, I get it. COVID, they, they weren't allowed to, you know, they couldn't have people come in who they were uh, trying to push and stuff. Some people just like aren't ready for television and you can see that in the matches. And then some of it is just a lack of actual like putting the effort into the division and and really spotlighting it because you're letting everything better. But there's just there's no spotlight on the women's division. Yeah. Well, hopefully they they improve it. But I, I think part of that is just uh, impact has gobbled all the good ones. Uh, maybe that we've undersold that part of it. Um, Jeremy, what can uh, what can we check out from you this week on Fightful? Um, I'm j- just go. You can go to fightful.com, and I'm somewhere on my website <laughs> uh, writing a bunch of articles. Uh, the Distraction Podcast every Thursday at seven o'clock with myself and Joseph Holbert. We uh, we talk wrestling and sometimes basketball and sometimes Taylor Swift and really a bunch of just everything we pretend to be a wrestling podcast we're just whatever we want podcast uh we review movies starring wrestlers every tuesday so you can check that out as well that's uh tuesday at 2 p.m uh 2 p.m that, that's really fun but yeah you can go to the website you'll see my name you can click click my name on there and see the entire archive of, of things that i just do on the website and you can follow me on twitter at jeremy lambert 88 all right go do that Jeremy, thank you so much for the time today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.